Okay, let's begin. Parsha's Kisisa, Tafshin, Ayin Vav, the Parsha of Cheta Egel, the Parsha of Luchos Rishonos, Luchos Shnios, jam-packed, as we have the Parsha, in between the Parshios of the Mishkan, Truma Tetzave on the one hand, Vayakab this is the sandwich Mishkan Parsha, Tafshin, Ayin Vav, and we start with a thought about Shabbos. Maybe we'll also connect one of our thoughts, Beth Hashem, later on, to today's festivities of being Shushan Purim Katan. So, we'll touch on that in a, uh, in a little bit. But first, we start off with Shabbos. Shabbos is again mentioned in this week's Parsha, and this one is a crucial one, because Shabbos here is mentioned in the proximity to the Mishkan. In the beginning of the Parsha, the first two long aliyos at the end of the first aliyah, says the Torah, Speak to B'nai Yisrael and say, Ach eshabsosai tishmoru. Keep my Shabbosos. Ki osi It is an os, it is a sign between me and you for generations. Ladaz ki ani Hashem to know that I sanctify you. Right? We know the Gemara Darshins that Hashem told us the secret and the special uh, uniqueness of Shabbos. Ushmartem es Shabbos ki Keep Shabbos. It is holy for you. Kikodesh Hilachem. That's one of the sources that we do not have to give our lives to keep Shabbos. Shabbos Hilachodesh Hilachem. There is, uh, n- there is no Shabbos without the Jews keeping it. Mechalaleha mos yumas. And even so, if we, vi- if we violate on purpose, mos yumas, kikala oseba malacha venechrosa anefeshahi, etc. And then the Torah goes into Vishamru, which we say every Friday night. Vishamru Vedei Israel is a Shabbos. Shabbos. We know Shabbos here is connected to the Mishkan, and this is the source for the Lamatez Malachas. What they did in the Mishkan, we are not allowed to do on Shabbos, the 39 categories of the Avas Malachas. But let's just focus on one word. One word. In the beginning, actually it's going to be two words, but first it'll be one word. Daber b'nei Yisrael emar ach eshabsosai tishmoru. Keep my Shabbosos. Shabsosai is plural. If we look at Unkelis, Yaz Yomei Shabaya, my days of Shabbos, days, what do you mean days, Shabbos is Shabbos, what do you mean days of Shabbos? So you might just say that it means the Pshuto Shomikra, Shabbososai, all my Shabbosos in history, that's the plural, keep all my Shabbosos, guard all my Shabbosos in history, that's probably the simple interpretation of the, of the Pasuk. But if you look in the Menachem Zion, Menachem Zaks, Son-in-law of Rav C. Pesach, he writes a deeper thought. Shabsosai tishmaru, and then he gets onto another word in the Pasuk. But we'll start with first this. And the beauty of a thought about Shabbos is that it can be used any Shabbos of the year, this thought. So, it's a good uh, back pocket one to have. To Shabbos, there are two elements Two purposes of Shabbos. Number one, Aleph Lazkir Mitzios Hashem Ubrias Haolam. Number one, the more famous idea is to remember Akadosh Baruch Hu's existence, creation of the world. What it says in the parsha, what it says in Aseres Adibros, Zachos Yom Shabbos Lakadsho. Shabbos reminds us of Hashem, reminds us of creation of the world. But number two, there's a more, we might say, lamaisa element of Shabbos. Maybe it's connected to the first one, but it always needs to be there. Beis lahotzi es ha'adam mishigratiyut yemeachol l'chayi kodesh. 
to stop what we're doing in life and to remember that we're not just going through life without a purpose, without an end, without a connection to Ruchnius. To stop the Shigra, to stop the day by day. Shabbos is our marker. It breaks up our life in a good way. As Yerushalmi says, it's made for Ruchnius. It's made to, to be a, uh, give us semblance of units in our life. It's not just we start and we go. No, there are breaks. And Shabbos, if that's true, that's the Shabbososai. That's the double. The Shabbos, both elements of Shabbos. The part that you remember me, the spiritual, unbelievable, connecting to Hashem. But then there's the Lamaisa, the stopping. We go home from work. We don't, go, we don't think about the world, all the worldly activities that were involved in the whole week. No matter what stage of life we're at, we're involved in so much during the week. We might even call them headaches, but they're life headaches. There's shopping, and there's carpools, and there's work, and there's parnasa, and there's get, catching the train. There's so many things that we have on our mind the whole week. And Shabbos is an opportunity to stop. It's an opportunity to break from it. Echad migdoli sofer Yisrael kasav. And as we know, a very famous phrase, without even exaggeration, we say it, but on a very Lamaisa level, more than the Jews keep Shabbos, Shabbos keeps the Jew. Were it not for Shabbos, that renews us. Renana, it gives us, it gives us a new life. It energizes, it invigorates. You know, sometimes if we have a Shabbos that is so exhausting and so packed, you know, we're like, oh, what do we say sometimes? Oh, no, I missed out on Shabbos this week. It's like, I, I missed it. And they're like, the following week is that much harder because we didn't get what we usually consider Shabbos. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a simcha. And you have a crazy Shabbos in a good way. And it, but the following week is that much harder because the normalcy of what Shabbos is supposed to be is not that. So Shabbos, besides the Jews keeping Shabbos, Shabbos has kept us. It gives us the, the uh, energy Imagine, and the more we go through life, we feel this even deeper. Imagine a life without Shabbos. Imagine a life without that, besides the, the ideal uh, first element, which is the ultimate, connecting to Hashem, remembering my sabratius, but just the Lamaisa element, the break that we have from the Shigra, from the day-to-day activities, what we would do without it, Chas V'Shalom, that's the double Shabbos. Line 14, There's two. And even in the words that we say in Shemon Esrei, First element, Kedusha, the extra Neshama that the Gemara describes in Beitzah. What do we say in Shabbos Mincha? Yo, Menucha u Kedusha. Liam Chanasata. That's the double. Menucha, that's two. The Kedusha. One, Liam Chanasata. And Hashem had both of those in mind. What does the Gemara say beautifully? El Mali Meshabbat Yisrael Shei Shabbosos Kel Chasan. If we would keep two Shabbosos, Miyad Nigalan. And all of them are for Hashem asked. Two. Why not just one? Why not just one? Uh, Shabbos, what do you need? Two Shabbosos? So, 
all different pshatim. But many of the pshatim are that, no, there are two elements to Shabbos. And here he's giving his own two elements. Own two elements. And also in Yeshayo, Nunvav, Shabsosai. It's plural, Shabsosai. And if we have both of these elements, line 22, Menucha Shlema, Shatarotzeba, a complete Menucha, which means with both, Menucha Sheishba Kedusha, Kedusha Sheishba Menucha. It's rest that has sanctity and sanctity that has rest. We say in Shabbos, in Benching, Yom Shekulo Shabbos Umenucha. What's the double? Shabbos Umenucha. Shabbos is element one. Menucha is element two. The more Ruchani, you might even say the more, it's not so much Gashmi, but it's connected to the world. The second element that we're able to break from it. That's what Shabbos is about. That's the magic of that word, Shabsosai. But there's another word in the Pasuk that draws our eye. Says the Menachem Sion, and it connects and that's the first word of the phrase. Ach eshabsosai tishmoru. Ach means but. Ach is always excluding. Lemute. What is this ach excluding here? Ach eshabsosai tishmoru. So halachically there are um, explanations. Rashi quotes. Even though you're going to build a mishkan. Shabbos al tidachem ipanecha. Kolachen verachen miyutin. You can't build a mishkan on Shabbos. Okay, that's the ach. Build a mishkan, but not on Shabbos. So there is an element of of uh, limitation there. But he has al derem drush a little bit, an unbelievable pshat of what the ach is as well. Very sharp, and it's something that we all have to remember. Hatzav line twenty seven. Hatzav shoshmira Shabbos maschil b'mila ach. It starts with ach, and what is it coming to be b'ma'et? This double element, ach, it's only Shabbos. Klomar. Alechem lishmar, ach, hashabbosos hakavuos mimeni. There's only one Shabbos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. Only this day is Shabbos. Ve'en lachem lishmar ulachabed be'ezamida shehi shabbososos shel nachrim. Don't hold of a Shabbos that doesn't have non-Jewish, that doesn't have Jewish sources. There's another Shabbos out there, says the Menachem Sion, who lived not so long ago. Madiv Ma'od is very sad, he writes. She-Yehudim Rabim Bekirbenu, Birtzonam Oshalo Birtzonam. Many Jews, Shomrei Torah Mitzvos, have two days of Shabbos every week. Hayom HaRishon, HaShabbos Shalom Otsrim, Ulohem Me'en Shabbos Sheni Shogolyas. It's the second Shabbos. We have Yantav Sheni Shagalas every weekend. We have two days of Shabbos. One day of Shabbos, we can't do Malachah, and we can't drive, and, we can't. and then we have a second day of Shabbos, which maybe is even better. And after all, we could drive around, we could relax, we could do whatever we want, we could go to gym in the morning, we could this, we could that. The Torah says, Sheshes Yamim Te'asem Malacha. There are six days of Malacha. Klomar. There are six week Days. Machiva Biyoser. He says, you look around. And obviously, if somebody grew up, is from Eretz Yisrael, and then they go to live in Chutzlaaretz, I think he lived in Chicago. You know, the Iker, what am I looking forward to this weekend when I'm doing Sunday afternoon? That's what I'm really looking forward to. Shabbos is like Erev. Okay, I'm almost there. Boheim Osim Kalachanos, Lakrasio Machres, Shabbos He says, and we'll 
talk about it more in a minute. Shayama Rishon Shabeshavua, Af Bishchunos at Sfufos Yehudim, Ubebate Knesios Benuyos at Arzakodesh, amazingly Jewish from neighborhoods. Sunday and Shabbos look different than the rest of the week. So somebody walking through wouldn't know which day. What's the Shabbos? Looks the same. All the stores are closed. It's not a regular this, not a regular that. And he says very sharply, 39, The Gemara at the end of Masechus Ksubis. We're influenced by them and we're affected. The Torah says, Thousands of years ago, thousands of generations, the Torah was here before the world was created. HaKadosh Baruch already knew to put in an Ach into the Torah. Remember Ach, Lema'it, there's only one day of Shabbos. Obviously, this doesn't mean, if somebody lives in Chutzlar, it doesn't mean they have to go to work on Sunday. But it means that Sunday can be used for family time, Sunday can be used for positive activities, learning a couple hours in the morning, what we don't get to do uh, on, a, on a day of work, but to always remember in our mind that it's Yom Rishon La Shabbos. Never to forget what day is Shabbos. After we made Aliyah, I remember my children saying, you know, you appreciate much Shabbos much more in Eretz Yisrael. Because there's one day, everything is jam-packed into that day. You can't, there's no other day. Okay, sometimes if we're, we used to, we're not used to it, we're like, okay, we should get together with family on another day. But this is the mentality that we have to have is what's crucial. And then he quotes it just at the end, the Gera Rebbe. Says the Gera Rebbe, one of his one of his visits to Eretz Yisrael. He writes, he was in Ira Kodesh Tel Aviv. Ira Kodesh Tel Aviv. Usually Ira Kodesh. We think there's a late source that has the four holy cities, Yerushalayim, Hebron, Svat, Feria. So the the Talmudim wondered, Tel Aviv, Ira, Ira Kodesh. So he says, He ha'ira yechida b'chol ha'olam she'en ba'knesia u'mizgeid v'chein hi ha'ir ha'yechida she'yom ha'rishon she'b'shavua hu'kulo chol. Ki yeser yemos chol. In Tel Aviv, Sunday looks like Tuesday. And that makes it ira kodesh. Because Shabbos looks different than Sunday. L'chein re'uye hi l'kinu ira kodesh. Unbelievable words from the Gera Rebbe, putting it together with Menachem Sion. Shabsosai, the two elements of Shabbos, and Ach, there's only one day of the week that we have to have in our minds is the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to be able to have that appreciation. Okay, that's more than that you're getting the ball rolling. We are already into it. And now we continue now with more in the Parsha. The Parsha is jam-packed, as we know. The second Aliyah is all about the Egel, as the Bali Machshava say. That's why the first two Aliyahs are so long. And the others are short because we want to make sure the Kohen and Levi gets these alios because a Yisrael violated. So only Sheva Levi is Zochet to get these first two alios. So if we look at Perak Lamed, Lamed Aleph, Pasik, Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasik uh, Yud Ches, if we look in the, sorry, towards the, uh, to the end of the discussion of the Chet Egel, let me just find the, find the Rashi. I'm sorry, it's right at the beginning. Perek Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph Yud Ches, at the beginning of the second Aliyah, beginning of Sheni. When Hashem gave to Moshe the Luchos, these are Luchos Rishonos, Luchos Evan Ksuvim Be'etzba Elokim. The stones, the Luchos, written with the finger of God, Kavayachol. There is a line in Rashi that I think most of us read, but we don't realize what Rashi is telling us. 
and the Maharal stops us and makes us realize that this Rashi is telling us a secret. Says Rashi, what does the phrase mean in this Pasuk? Last Pasuk in Paragram at Aleph, Hashem gave to Moshe, when he finished talking to him, Lidaber Ito, says Rashi, Lidaber Ito, Milamed, Shahaya Moshe, Shomea, Mipiagvura. Moshe heard the Torah from Hakadish Baruchu. Moshe, Shomea, Mipiagvura. See, Rashi is quoted on the top of source number two. The Chosrin, Vishonin, Eshalacha, Shnehem, Yachad. Rashi quoting the Medrash, and after Hashem taught it to Moshe, they learned it again by Chavrusa. The Chosrin, Vishonin, that's what Ito means, with him. Hashem didn't just teach it to Moshe, afterwards they Chazered it, they reviewed it. The Chosrin, Vishonin, the first makar for Chazering our learning, right here. Chosrin, Vishonin, Eshalacha, Shnehem, Yachad. What does that mean? Hashem learned it with Moshe after he gave it to him? What does that mean? So the Revolvi in his Sefer Allah Torah quotes the Maharal and expands. Quotes the Maharal right here in the Gurai. I just gave it to you through Revolvi. He just quotes it verbatim. And then we'll see Revolvi's words. Davar zes sod gadol. Says the Maharal, there's a secret here about the Torah. Kidivre Torah. Mechuyavim shiye kol dibur vedibur kach. The Torah is what we might call absolute truth. The Torah is absolute existence. Everything the Torah says is absolute. There are reasons. Some reasons we know, and some reasons we don't know, and some reasons we will never know. But the Torah is mechuyav, lefichach, lo Torah kemelach basar vadam, the Torah is not just a list of laws which a master gives a servant. This is your list. Follow these rules. Period. And then the master gives the list and that's it. The master made up a list of rules and the servant has to follow them. That's not the Torah. It's not rules that Hashem just made up. When Hashem created the, the world... The Torah represents the rules based on which the world needs to exist. Without these rules, the whole world wouldn't make sense. And the whole world would cease to exist. They are mechuyav mitzad atzmam. They're inherent truths. They're absolute truths. L'fichach, k'siv batzal Torah. that's why it says Hashem learned it with Moshe after. Even after he gave it to Moshe. It would make no sense if it was just a regular master-servant relationship where he gave over rules to follow. No, the Torah. What does it mean when the Gemara says sometimes, Hashem was learning Torah? Kaviachal. What does that mean, Hashem was learning Torah? What sugya was he in? The Gemara in the first paragraph of Gittin. Ah, he was learning the story at the end of his Sefer Shoftim. What does it mean he was osik in the sugya, Pilegish Megiva? What does it mean? The Gemara says in Avodah Zara that, that uh, uh, few places. What does it mean Hashem learns Torah? So again, on our level, what does that mean? Says the Maharal. Because the Torah represents absolute truth, absolute infinite truth. Infinitely true truth, if we could use that phrase. Line 6. He learned it together. Why? Even if we don't know a reason, some halachos 
are difficult. Some halachos are even tragic. And we look at them and we say, it's so difficult to think that this is part of the world of Durachel Darchinoam. But we know it is, even if we can't fathom it all to the nth degree. If everything was based on a reason and Hashem made it up because of the reasons, then it doesn't make sense that he would study it with his servant. Says the Maharal, but because this is inherent Chachma and Das, Lafiha Hashem Yisbarach Biatzmo, Chozer Hayahalacha and Moshe Makabo Mimenu, he learns it with Moshe, Lahoros, Kizach Chachma, Hashem and Muchuyevas. Unbelievable. Now explains the Revolbi a little more. Humivayer. Shatora ze lokomot sibui shal melech. Shitzarach letzavos es ha'am shalola associates a davar. Shahamelech yodea lama va'amlo. Like a parent talking to a child. And a child says, why? And the parent says, because. The child says, why? Because. And the child says, well, if you don't give me a reason, it must be that you're making it up and you don't have a reason. No. We might have reasons, but we don't want to explain it with a Baruch it's not that. It's not just based on the reason. There's ultimate truth. Yes, of course, we know the principle of Elo Elo And sometimes there's a machlokas in halacha, more often than not. But there's still, according to most, different levels of truth. There's, as Ramosha calls it in the Hagdama to the Igris Moshe, there's Emes Lahora, Emes Lahamita, and others. We've discussed that in the past. But says the Maharal, explained by Ravolbi, that's the message of HaKadosh Baruch Hu learning it with Moshe afterwards. It's not just a list of rules like any other rules. These are divine truths, and therefore Hashem is still connected to those truths even after he, so to speak, gives it over to Klal Yisrael. Let's continue a little bit to line 27. Yeshnam shtei yesodos. Really, if we expand upon this a little bit, there are two elements for us to learn. Number one, it's ultimate chachma. Number two, If this is ultimate truths, then it only makes sense that we could only achieve perfection by fulfilling these truths. And by following these truths. Kshada may vin where it's underlined. If we really believe that Hashem created the world and He created the Torah along to give us these truths, Lo Yitachain Shakadish Barakhu Yivra Olam, Yivra Bene Adam, Uvene Adam Lo Yedu Malasospa Olam. As the mushal that we've given in the past. The most complicated item out there has to come with a manual. How does it work? And the more complicated, the greater, the more pages the manual is. The most complicated item in the world is the world itself. It's impossible that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would create the world and not tell us what to do, not tell us what He wants from us. What purpose to the world is there then? It's nonsensical. Chas v'shalom. If you believe in a Creator, we have to believe that there's service that we can do for the Creator. Kol echad yaseh mashiyala b'dayto zelo shayich. Hashem has to tell us. Right, sometimes you, 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 we get a medicine from the pharmacy. It comes with ten different pages. Just tell me. I take the medicine twice a day. That's all I need to know. I have all these pages and pages of, of instructions. But, and that's just for a little bit, a little item. 
Don't leave it in the heat. Don't leave it in the cold. So to the Torah. What does the Gemara say? Barasi Sahara, Barasi Torah, Tavlin. The Torah is the medicine for life. The Torah is the medicine to counter our Yetzahara. To counter everything. As the Ramam writes, if our mind is full of Torah, then there's no room for anything else. Our mind is a vacuum. If I'm not involved in spiritual pursuits, then it's going to be filled up with any other things. Neutral items or Achman is find the opposite. Bottom two lines. Zenifla Rashi The Maharal teaches us how to learn a Rashi. Maharal teaches us. Rashi says one line. The message of life is in that one line of Rashi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu learned the Chavrusa with Moshe after he taught it to him. Not just because he wasn't sure Moshe knew it. But to teach us that Hashem is still connected to the Torah. Hashem didn't give it. He's still connected because Hashem is ultimate truth. And the Torah is ultimate truth as well. Okay. Moving right along. So we have now, in Paraglamid Bays, the tragic story of the Chet Ego, which we have spoken about so often uh, over these years. Two other ideas. Maybe we've touched on them in the past. We'll see it this year through the eyes of the Otsuras HaTorah, but not the Otsuras HaTorah, which we commonly quote from, the modern uh, Otsuras HaTorah, the contemporary Relio Kohn, but the Otsuras HaTorah written by Rav Suriel. Used to be a Rebbe in Shalavim, lives in Bnei Brak, Rav Moshe Suriel, Otsuras HaTorah, an encyclopedic work, two or three ma'amarim on every parsha. Ask Rav Suriel, so what are we supposed to learn from the Egel? Are we bowing down to gold calves? Are we dancing around them? resource number three. My dahava have What happened? Happened. There's so much that's focused on the Egel. So what are we supposed to learn from it? And if we think that, oh, maybe we shouldn't remember it? No. Shivrei luchos munachin ba'aron. We know in the Aron, we won't only see the luchos, we'll see the shivrei luchos. We'll see both sets of luchos. Why do we have to remember the first luchos? They broke. So we'll talk about that a little later. But what's the message of the story of the Chet Egel? See, he has two ideas. Two ideas. Number one, line seven. Reish's call, ha-parsha malamdenu al-mitinus. Number one, the parsha teaches us about patience. Parsha teaches us about always not rushing into things. If Klai Yisrael would have waited a couple more hours history would have been very different. Rashi Masbirech told B'cheshbon Shalchatziyom, they counted the day that Moshe told them that I'll be back, and that led to terrible items. Wait a day! One more! Aaron says, wait, Chor says, just wait a couple hours. No! How many Averos in history, in Tanakh, happened because of a lack of patience? Because of, of a behilus? Acting too rashly, too quickly. Right? Let's think about it. How many? The Chaita Egel. Shaul HaMelech. Right? Both Chatoim of Shaul HaMelech. Both of them. When he didn't wait for Shmuel to come to give the Karbanos, and he didn't, the Am was dis, was uh, going away, and he didn't wipe out Amalek, and root a lot of those war because he didn't have the patience. The Am was leaving. He should have waited. Shmuel said to wait, wait. A Kabbalistically, Many say that the Chet of Adam and Chava as well. If they would have waited a couple hours till Shabbos, they would have been able to eat from the Eitz Adas. But they jumped the gun. They jumped the gun. 
And he quotes line 16. Gamba Ace Melchemes Yisrael Neged Amalek. Moshe Horeli Yisrael. Moshe instructs B'nai Yisrael by Melchemes Amalek. Machar Anochi Nitzav. Tomorrow, we're going to fight Amalek. Why tomorrow? Why they wait? Why tomorrow? Just do it today. See, he quotes the Tzor Hamar on the Pasik. Videi Moshe Kvedim. Three reasons why Moshe Rabbeinu's hands were heavy. Number one is because he said to Yoshua he didn't fight himself. Fine. Darius reasons. But you don't find that there was a problem with Moshe waiting a day. Machar. Why? Why isn't Moshe taking the task for that? So Rav Surya quotes, look in the Chai Adam. The Chai Adam in the back after Simon Samaches. The Chai Adam has Klole Mitzvos. So one of them he quotes in Zahiris B'Mitzvos, line 28. Lo Yasa Mitzvah B'Chibazon Upitom. Don't do a mitzvah rashly, quickly, get it over with, fast. Rak Yishmar, V'yamtin, V'yashiv V'davar, Heitev Echiaseh. Take your time doing the mitzvah. Zikvar Bachanti B'Nisayon. Kakasher Asisi Mitzvah B'Pitom, Lo Kiyamtiya Karahi. And I know, says the Chai Adam, from my own experience, and the Chai Adam, the Chai Adam's son married the Gros granddaughter. He's, uh, he's no slouch. He says, when I don't do, when I do mitzvahs too quickly, they don't come out like I wanted them to. That's what he says. He says, you look in V'chein Matzon Gamkin Esther Amalka. Esther, he calls, also deals with Machar, the Teferis Yisrael, Meyusha Bedaito. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't act with Zrizus, with alacrity. Zrizus mean, once I'm ready to do the mitzvah, go do it. Don't, don't procrastinate. Don't push it off. Do it as fast as you can. But once you're doing it, take it slow. It's kind of like the Halachin in, in, in Shulchan Aruch. You have to run to shul, but right when you get to shul, walk slowly. You can't run in shul. Unless you're running to do a mitzvah to get a safer off the shelf. But, but there's a covered, a covered base like also. Running to shul, but then slowly. Once we're doing the mitzvah, we shouldn't do it so fast. We have to do it calmly, right? Pirkei Avos. What does Pirkei Avos say? Seven meters of a chacham. One of them, eno nifhawa hashiv. Not so fast. You wait. Calmly. Always benachat. Always with a balanced personality. And the ego, they didn't do that. We have to. We have to be able to have the patience that HaKadosh Baruch Hu demands of us. Well, on the next page, he quotes Ibn Gabiro on line 11. Pre Hamehirus, it's classic of Suriel, quotes everything. Pre Hamehirus, Charata. Right, the pre, the, the, the outgrowth of acting too quickly is you feel bad afterwards. Feel bad afterwards. He says, We have to do the mitzvah is Jesus, but we have to think about it, we have to focus on it, and we have to uh, realize the chance that we have about doing a mitzvah. So number one, the metinus, the metinus that we have. I might just add, heard recently, B'Shem uh, Revolbi, also we quoted Revolbi before, that part of a true test of a person, not the only test, but part of a true test of a person's personality can be detected when they are driving. When they are driving. Revolby writes, if you really want to know the full extent of a person's personality, what happens when they get into difficult situations in driving? When they're cut off, when they're late, when they just miss a light, or various different inyanim. That's, that's a litmus test. And we need Matinos there too. If the whole world had this Mida, it would be a better place on the road. Okay, number one. Number two, says of Suriel and the Osiris HaTorah, a second message that we can learn from the Cheta Egel. Limud Bey's line 18. 
The question of many, how is it possible so soon after Maimon our Sinai, so soon after, so soon after they heard Hashem's voice for the first two, how is it possible that they left, that they strayed right away? Line 22, Garam Lohem, Schok. Schok, what is Schok? Vayeshev Ha'am, Lechol, Vishasu, Vayakumu, Litzachek. What is Schok? Inappropriate levity. Inappropriate not being serious. This does not mean kosher fun. This means inappropriate levity, where it gets a little out of hand and beyond the line of where halacha would want me to be. Line 25, he quotes the Mesilas Yesharim. Misha tovea bileitsanus. If somebody is, is drowning in the sea of scoffingness, in the sea of, of um, where the goal is happiness and fun, and that's not a means to serve Hashem with, as uh, some point out, that the, uh, there are those that believe that life is about simcha, that's the goal, the pursuit of happiness. That's what we need to pursue in life. Ivdu es Hashem b'simcha, that's true, but it's ivdu es Hashem b'simcha. Simcha is the means. Simcha is at the end, the pursuit of God through happiness. That's what it should say. But that is what the Rav Suriel says where it gets a little too much. 180 days. Purim. They had a party and Ambisrael took part in that party. What does the Gemara say? Right? Today, Purim Katan. Why were B'nai Yisrael... Why were they, did they merit negatively to be destroyed? You can have a Sudas Mitzvah. It's fine to have an offer of a Sudas Mitzvah. But the Schok, the Kalos Rosh that was involved there, that was the problem. And that's what happened by the Cheta Egel. Right? What happened by the Egel? It led to all the Averis, the Gili Arias, the Avodazara, Moshe Rabbeinu. And he says, line 32. We know this is the root problem of the Egel. Because after all, look what the story happens. Moshe Rabbeinu was told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, they sinned. What does Hashem, what does Moshe do? Oh, come on, forgive them. What's so, come on, forgive them. No, you cannot make a nation from me. No, I don't accept it. You know, forgive them, forgive them. Fine, then he gets forgiven, and then what? Then he goes and destroys, he gets mad at them. How do you have both? When does he get mad? As is pointed out, he doesn't break the luchos right away. Only when he goes down and he sees them dancing and singing and the macholos, vayira macholos, right? Line 37. Then Moshe said, this chok, this is, this is beyond. This is beyond. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. Line 50. Akilko agadosh ebeglalo za'a Moshe it wasn't even the Avodah Zarah. It was the enjoyment. It was the usher enjoyment that they were having. And that's, the, and that's what was so, so difficult. It was the schok that was inappropriate schok that they were being had. Even the Gemara Brachas. The Gemara Brachas in the fifth parak, he quotes in the second column. We know Mar Bere de Ravina at his son's wedding. It's an amazing story. All of a sudden the Gemara says he takes a glass and he breaks the glass. And they say, oh, that's the mucker for breaking the glass at a wedding. That's the mucker. But the Mepharshim explained there because it was getting a little out of control. Whatever it means that in the days of the Amoran, the wedding was getting out of control. But he broke a glass to like, kind of like, remind them, it's a wedding. Remember where you are. 
It's not an excuse to have a, a party without limits, without rules. We have to make sure we remember what schok is. And just along these lines, I didn't give it to you because I didn't remember it or think about it to mention it until this afternoon. Uh, the last Birke Yosef in Arachayim. Birke Yosef, the Chidaz commentary on Shulchan Arach, the last one. The last one, what's the last halach in Arachayim? The last simon in Shulchan Arach, Arachayim is one simon. Purim Katan. That's it. That's all halacha. Purim Katan. You don't say Tachlan Purim Katan or Chushan Purim Katan. And we don't have ma- ma- two days about having a Hespeid in Vitanios. But then the Ramah adds four words. The Ramah says you should have a big Suda on Purim Katan. You shouldn't. You know what? If you want to have a Suda, it's okay. You can be Machmir. The Ramah ends off with four words. Tov Lev Mishtetamid. Talking about the party of Purim Katan. Tov Lev, you want to be happy of heart? Mishtetamid. Always have a party. Always be in a party sense. Really? Tov Lev Mishtetamid? Supposed to always have a party? Says the Birke Yosef. Says the Chidar of Chaim Yosef David Azulai. The Ramah here is giving us a secret. The last word, the last phrase in the commentary of the Ramah or Chaim is Tov Lev Mishtetamid. Says the Chidar. Anybody remember what the first words of the Ramah in all of our Chaim are? Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tamid. The same word. Says the Birke Yosef. You want to know what Tov Lev Mishtetamid is? Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tamid. If your Mishta is with Shivisi Hashem, that's great. That's great. Right? Mitzvah Gadol Lios Basimcha Tamid. That's fine. You got to connect the two Tamids. And then the Birke Yosef says classically, Shnei Tmidin Kihilchasan. Right, we know the two tmidin, which literally means the tamid shal shachar, tamid shal ben arabayim. No, the shnei tmidin, the two tmidin of the rama, the last rama, tov le mishdet tamid, and the first rama, shivizi hashem lenegdi tamid. I'll just read you his words. The marina rav Moshe bechachma yasad chasima me'in apsicha shnei tmidim kisidron kiupasak reisha gohosav shivizi hashem lenegdi tamid. That's exactly this message from Chayta Egel. If the Mishta is not about, does not have Shiviz Hashem Lenegdi Samid, it could Rahman Aslan lead to Chayta Egel. So whenever we have get togethers, whenever we have Mesibos, whenever we have any type of, of area, we have to make sure that it's a Shiviz Hashem Lenegdi Samid type of party and not one Rahman Aslan, which is different than that. Okay. Moving right along. Okay, little thought, which we might have mentioned in the past years, but worthwhile to mention again. We have at the end, after the Chet Egel, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down, and he goes outside the Machaneh. Source number five now, we're going to get to the other Otsos HaTorah. That, um, that is the more, I would say, more popular, the Rebbe Kohn Sefer, uh, where the Torah tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu puts his tent outside the Machaneh, and Yeshua Benun, his Na'ar, he does not leave the tent. And the question is asked, why is this person the only person in all of Tanakh who doesn't, he is not called Ben. It says Bin. What happened to the other two dots? Why does the Segal turn into a, or Ben, why does it turn into a Chirik? What happened? Ben, Ben, Ben. Everybody Ben blank. Yeshua bin nun. Why is it bin? The Ramban asks this question. The Ramban says, 
Right? The Ramban says, V'tam ben Nun. Right? He quotes the Ramban in short at the beginning of source number five. I'll read you the Ramban's Lashen. Ba bechirik t'mura segol. V'chein divrei agar ben. He quotes one other from Mishlei. Okay? Bin Laila Haya. That's not a specific one. From Yonah. Quotes a couple. In bin Akosa Rasha. But the only person is, uh, is, uh, Yoshua. So why is that? Calls that, Tama ani Tama. Madolo nimma pashema tatakazea chashi avokiminag. Why doesn't it write it normally? Vani Choshev says the Ramban, Kinag Lagrusa Kain Lukavid. It was a nickname to give him Kavod. Kihaya Hagadol Betalmide Moshe Rabbeinu. He was the greatest student of Moshe. Moshe didn't need a nickname because he had Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu. But they're called Yoshua Bin Nun from the Lushan Bina. Understanding. Vayikru Lo Binun, Klomar Hanavon, Ki E Navon Vechacham Kamohu. He had Bina. That is the uh, language of the of the Ramban. And you see that at the beginning of source number source number five. But there's another idea here. Another idea here that's quoted. He quotes this Yesh Omrim. Remember, Yeshua ben Nun's maiden given born name he was started off with was Hoshea. Moshe Rabbeinu added on the Yud to make him Yehoshua. Where did that Yud come from? According to the Magus, it came from Sarah, whose name was Sarai. So Sarai, the Yud from Sarai, went to Yehoshua. So what happened? Sarai, it doesn't have, right, let's read it. But the Yud was at the end of Sarai, and now it's at the beginning of Yehoshua. Where do you get those two dots from for the Shva under the Yud? It didn't have any dots at the end of Sarai. Now it needs two dots at the beginning of Yehoshua. Ah, take it from the bin. Take the two dots from the segol under the base to put under the yud of Yoshua, and then you have one dot left under the base. Okay, there might be a lot of more depths to that, but that is a uh, sharp little thought. Moshe Elokai Moshe Beis Nekudos Ben Asegol Shall Bin Ben Vaasa Mehen Shva Valachay Nishra Nekudachas Beben Vehi Chirik. Okay, moving right along. Let's talk about the luchos. Luchos Rishonos and Luchos Shneos. The two sides of Luchos are in this week's parsha. There is an unbelievable Eben Ezra. The Eben Ezra in source number six discusses which Luchos were greater. Which was the greater set of Luchos? Without looking, if we would ask it at the Shabbos table, which Luchos would we say is greater? So we would probably say, the first Luchos, come on, Hashem wrote them. The second Luchos, that was the afterthought. What was the original plan? Luchos Rishonos. Says the Eben Ezra, that's what he holds. But he quotes a Shita that says otherwise. The Yomer HaGaon. He quotes a Gaon, one of the Gaonim, doesn't say which one. Ki Ashnim Nechbadim Meharishonim B'Shiva Drachim. Not every version of the Eben Ezra has this. But in the Torah Chaim version of the Eben Ezra, it quotes the full Eben Ezra. Seven reasons this Gaon quotes why the second Luchos were greater than the first Luchos. And he goes through. These Luchos were the ones that had a specific ark that was made for them. 
Shutov olam haba. Right by Veschanan, it says Laman Yitzavacha. Vashlishi kiyesh aleim shalosh brisos. Three times it uses the word bris. Varavi kibam chelak meishmaim ba'aretz. We'll get back to that. Keguf ben Adam. Next line nine, line ten. Shishi kebavurim karan opanav. After the second luchos, that's when Moshe Rabbeinu's face was shining. Shvi shekiblum Yisrael. The seventh one, but Yisrael actually got. They actually served their purpose. The first ones were broken. After all of these reasons, says the Eben Ezra, I shouldn't even really have to comment on these words. He's dreaming. What he says has no validity, says the Eben Ezra. What he said was falsehood. The Omer Kain Chayev Shayilke, he's Chayev Malkus, right, for saying such a thing. Hashem wrote the first luchos. End of discussion. That's it. Michtav elokim, etz elokim. No other reason would override that. Fascinating machlokas. But how can we explain the gaon? What made the second luchos so unique, so special? In what way did they have something over the first ones? With all the reasons that he gives. Two ideas. Two ideas. First is a Beis HaLevi that we mentioned in uh, Shabbos Shuvah last year. We've never done it, I don't think, in Parshas Kisisa. So we have to do it in Parshas Kisisa. But it's a Beis HaLevi that is quoted, I've quoted in other contexts as well. The Beis HaLevi takes three Midrashim, puts them all together, and comes up with a Mahalach about the Luchos. Number one, the Beis HaLevi in Drosh Yudches, in the Drushes. Number one, he quotes the Medrash that Moshe Rabbeinu as we just mentioned, one of the reasons that the Gon says is that Moshe Rabbeinu's face was shining after the second Luchos. That just begs the question. Why was Moshe Rabbeinu's face shining only after the second Luchos? Why not after the first ones? Only after the second ones his face was shining. And we might add the Medrash that says different opinions. What made his face shine? So line four, Nishtayer Bakulmis Kima Vehavira Rosho. Because there was leftover ink after he wrote the Luchos, from that leftover ink, his face started shining. What does that mean? Leftover ink. And why by the second Luchos? Medrash number one. Medrash number two, bottom right. The Medrash in the Yalka tells us on the Pasik that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, came close to the Machanet. Line 29. Moshe Luchos Moshe Rabbeinu came close and all of a sudden, the letters started flying off the luchos. de Moshe, because the letters started flying off, the Medrash says, all the way on the bottom right, they got too heavy for Moshe. V'naf Moshe didn't throw the luchos and break them, he dropped them, because they were too heavy. What does that mean? What does it mean the letters were flying off the luchos? What letters were flying off? The luchos were the luchos. Number two. And number three, the third Madrash, which already starts the answer. Again, feel free to read the entire Beis HaLevi. I gave you parts of it, and we're not going to read all of it to do it justice, but it's an unbelievable Beis HaLevi. The Beis HaLevi now in this third, second column, he quotes the Madrash in this week's Parsha. The Madrash tells us on line seven, When Moshe, when Hashem appeared to Moshe, Amar Moshe Alaseder. He told Moshe everything. Mikra, Mishnah, Talmud, Agada, everything. Moshe says, okay, great. I'm writing it all down. Hashem says, no. You should only write down Torah Shabbat Not Torah Shabbat 
Meaning, according to the Medrash, Moshe Rabbeinu's kavana was to write on the second luchos everything, even Torah Shabbat Peh, was going to be written down on the luchos. And the question is why? Why would Moshe think that? It's Torah Shabbat Peh. So it says the Medrash, because, and the Beis HaLevi expands upon it, because the first luchos had everything written on it. Even Torah Shabbat Peh was written on the first Luchos. Because if the first Luchos would have been given, the Gemara in Erevin says, which he quotes, we would never have gone into Gaulus, we would have lived an idyllic life in Eretz Yisrael, no enemies, no nations, no foreign cultures penetrating and infiltrating our society, and there would be no danger for the Torah Shabbat Peh to be visible and open to the other nations. Says the, says the uh, Beis HaLevi, but once the second Luchos were written and we were going to go into Gaulus and we were going to be involved in, in other cultures, now there's a danger. There's a danger that the other nations would, uh, would violate our special covenant between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As the Gemara says in Gitin Daf Samach, on the bottom of the page, so that's why second luchos they had to be tarsh had to be Baal-peh, says the Beis Halevi. That's the shot that the letters were flying off. What does that mean? The tarsh Baal-peh letters were flying off, and he was left with tarsh b'chsav. And why did it get so heavy? Because tarsh b'chsav cannot exist with tarsh Baal-peh. You can't understand one halacha without tarsh Baal-peh. Where totafos? What are totafos? Right? The Karaites think they've got it because they put the tefillin between their eyes. It's a joke. How do they know what tefillin look like? How do they know? It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. Right? So, we wouldn't understand anything. Torah Shabbat is nothing without Torah Shabbat That's what it means. It fell and it broke because it can't exist one without the other. Moshe Rabbeinu had to become a player in Torah Shabbat in transferring it. And that's why his face shone after the second Luchos. Because he became an active part of the process. Not just everything written, and I am transferring it. But he became part of the process. And then the Beis Lady explains, additionally, and again, I, I apologize, I don't have time to go through this uh, slowly as we should, but the Beis Lady explains, it wasn't just Moshe Rabbeinu that became part of the process. Hashem wanted to come up with a plan he loves us. He never wants to get rid of us, even though he knows we're not going to listen to him and we're going to violate. He wanted to force the Torah upon us. He wanted to create a reality that he can never get rid of us. So you know what he did, explains the Beis HaLevi? There are two types of sanctities in Halacha. Two types of Kedusha. There is Kedusha's Damim, which is value sanctity. I say that my table should go to the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash doesn't want my table. So the base of Midrash is going to buy my table. The value is going to go to the base of Midrash, but the table is going to remain mine. It's not eternal sanctity on my table. But then there's something called Kedusha Saguf, inherent Kedusha. Kedusha forever. If I makdish a carbon, to, an animal to give us a carbon, if I makdish a spoon that the base of Midrash is going to use to stir the blood, so that has inherent Kedusha. That's a cliche race. And nothing ever could remove that from the hektish. Explains the base Alevi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by the first Luchos, the Torah was all on the Luchos, and we learned Torah. Second Luchos, we became Torah. The Torah Shabbat Peh is written 
on every Jew. Not just on Moshe Rabbeinu. The Jew becomes the cloth of Torah Shabbat And that gives the Jew inherent Kedusha. Kedusha is aguf, And therefore Hashem can never get rid of us. We are eternally connected to Him. And if all this is true, He doesn't connect it, but maybe this is all Pshad of the Gaon. Second Luchos have something over the first Luchos. Because now we're forever connected. We have Kedusha Saguf. We will never leave HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We will never be able to leave HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One idea. But then there's a second idea. Second idea about the Gaon, and that Rabbi Reisman has in his Sefer on the Nevi'im, also an amazing shot. and here he specifically relates to the, started off with the Ebenezer and the Gaon, what's the godless of the second Luchos? So Rabbi Reisman quotes his Rebbe of Palm, who says, amazingly, if you think about it, let's go back to save Parsha's Bracious for a second. After all of creation, look for a minute on line 30. After all of creation, outside for a second, what does Hashem say? Hashem saw all of creation, it was awesome, it was amazing. Tov ma'od. Says Rabbi Reisman, let's think about this for a minute. Line 30. Man was originally supposed to live in Gan Eden. Adam sinned and was banished from Gan Eden. Ten generations later, man's actions brought destruction upon an immoral world and only Noah's family survived the mobble. What happened when the flood was over? The sun came out. Ten more generations, etc., etc. Oh, this is the part I really wanted to read. I'm sorry. Go to line 41. Rapam would point out that in describing the completion of the six days of creation, it says, Tov Ma'od. Very good. Not everything seemed to go according to plan in those six days. Hashem commanded the earth to put forth trees that would taste like fruit. But the earth sprouted trees that produced fruit. The trees did not listen to God. Hashem created two great celestial sources. Right? Amara Gadol, Amara Katan. They got into a... F- two, ma- two great Maros. The moon complained, changed plans. Now there's Amara Gadol, Amara Katan. So the trees didn't follow plan. The sun and the moon didn't follow plan. Adam Arishon didn't follow the plan. The Hashem wanted to create the world in Midas Hadin. What happened? Midas Harachamim. Everything in the Bria didn't go as planned. How could Hashem say, V'hinei tov ma'od? Says Rav Palm, says Rav Reisman. You know what life's about? Two words. Or one word and one letter. Plan B. How many times in life do we have plans? When we're younger, we have plans about what we want to do when we grow up. When we're going out, we have plans who we're going to marry. When we marry, we have plans about, about our kids. When we have kids, we have plans about how we're going to raise our kids. When we're raising our kids, we have plans who the kids are going to marry. When we have kids, we have plans about, about what my next job is going to be. And we have this and we have that, everything. And if we look back, how many of our plans went exactly as planned? Not too many. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that deals us the deck. We don't create our own deck. Life's about how we work with plan B. And Hashem says, That's the message of creation. And that's the message of Luchoshnios. Different, but that's life. That's a reflection of life. Life is about plan B. That's Tov Ma'ot. On the bottom of the page, we live in a world where things don't go according to plan. Rachman al-Itzlan, sometimes, even in extreme, difficult ways, things don't go as planned. We had planned even, we planned to do something today, and it didn't work out. 
And we really wanted to do it. Didn't work out. We planned to go somewhere. Didn't work out. We planned to, to live somewhere. We planned to have our children do blank. And it didn't work out. Because our children are different than we thought. Just different. Different personalities. Ryan, my job is different. Plan B. Top of source number 10. Life doesn't always work out according to plan A. As a matter of fact, it rarely follows plan A. The most successful people are those who could adjust and work with plan B. It's not easy. It involves disappointment and an ability to reevaluate and lower one's expectations. But if Hashem could look at a world which was created almost exclusively according to plan B and say Tov Ma'od, then we could do the same. A second unbelievable pshat to the Luchoshnios, the Beis Halevi, and Rabbi Reisman in the name of Rav Okay. Let's end off with one final thought on the Haftorah. On the Haftorah, we could have an entire shear on the Haftorah. The great Haftorah of Elio Bahara Carmel. Elio, right, that's the reminiscent of the Luchos. How long are you going to worship? Labau. The great story. One line, which I, we might have mentioned in other contexts, in other parshios, but we'll mention it here because it's based on a pasuk in the Haftorah. Elio Hanavi is davening. He soaks his his uh, mizbeach. He sarcastically says, "Maybe scream louder. Maybe your god is sleeping." Great, great, uh, unbelievable Haftorah. We discussed this in Navi Shir a couple of weeks ago in Malachim Aleph. But towards the end of the Haftorah, Elio says, "Watch this." It was in the afternoon. A little later than Saharayim, Elio says, everybody come close. And towards the end of the Torah, Pasuk Lamed Vav. Vayehi ba'alos ha-mincha. Vayigash Elio Anavi vayomar. It was mincha time. And Elio Anavi says, Hashem Elokei, Abraham Yitzchak, Yisrael, Ayom Yivada, Ki Atolokim Yisrael, Vani Avdecha, everybody will know. Aneni Hashem Aneni, etc., etc. Last six words of the Torah, Hashem Elokim. Hashem Elokim. And we get it from here to Yom Kippur. And the Gemara asks, why was Elio Navi Dafka answered Mincha time? One might say, why did he wait till Mincha time? He gave them the whole day. What's unique about Mincha time? And this is a message for men and women. As we know, the Mishnah Bura tells us that men and women need to dive in Mincha. Says the tour, source 11. The ma'od tzarech lizarba. We have to be very careful about mincha. The amar bichel ba amar avhuna laolam yizar adam betilas amincha. Shari lo nana elio el betilas amincha. He quotes our haftorah. The Torah says he has to be very careful. Why? What's so special about mincha? Such a short tefila. Vatam and many are familiar with this idea, but it's always good chazara. Vatam says the tour. Shachris is somewhat easy. You wake up in the morning and you go daven. You're not doing anything yet. You wake up in the morning and you daven. You get up from your bed. Before I get involved in my life. Also at night. I finish my day. I daven my riff. I'm not involved. First thing in the morning, last thing at night. But mincha smack in the middle. I'm in the middle of a business deal. I'm in the middle. I'm about, sorry, got to run next door. I'm in the, I'm in the, sorry. I'm in the middle of a game. 
I'm in the middle of anything. I have to turn away from my life and say I'm davening. In the morning and at night, I'm not turning away from anything. I'm just going to daven. Mincha is the tefillah that Hashem created. I'm giving you the opportunity to turn to me away from everything else. And this is a litmus test. This is a litmus test. It's interesting that we have some Jews out there that only daven mincha. Right, on weekdays, sometimes they have a business office where there are two Jews that maybe aren't yet Shomri Torah mitzvahs and they schlep them in for the minion. They have the schus of mincha. What an unbelievable schus they have. Weekday minchas. Weekday minchas that they get. Maybe they get Yom Kippur too. But weekday minchas, but it's an unbelievable schus for mincha. The Torah says, because you stop everything and you daven. That's the gabas. The Yorach HaShulchan even has the formulation. It's the last filah of the day. It's the ne'ilah of every day. What gives the power to ne'ilah? Because it's the last tefillah yadavin. The last few moments of that halachic day. Mincha's the last, Meyer's the first one. Mincha's the last one. Hashem, please, please answer me before the day finishes. That's what mincha is. It's like a ne'ilah. Nimsa, he, sa- he says it. Sha mincha shalbeinu arbayim, hi ha'avodah ha'achrona shalayom. The chaviva, uritsuya, kimotilas ni'ila biyamakipurim. Velachain haz ha'hu be'es ratzon. That's the es ratzon. Minchas eref chaviva biyoser. Right, and that's what we have to realize. When we get to Davin, it's always a privilege to Davin. But when we get to Davin, mincha, we have to make sure that we realize the special quality mincha has, learned out from this week's Haftorah, vayehi ba'alos ha'mincha. When it's mincha time, just might add, Tosas and Ari Psachim even asks, why is it called mincha? Why is it called mincha? Why is mincha called mincha? Shachris is called shachris because shachar, the morning. Mayriv is called Mayriv or Arvis because of Erev. It's the nighttime. Why is mincha called mincha? Why isn't it called saharayim? Mincha means a present. Yeah, because it's a present. Mincha is a present. Mincha is a present. We have to realize the present that Hashem gives us to be able to talk to Him and Be'ezus Hashem, we should be zochah to have all of our tefillahs answered, and as a tikkun for anything that might have happened in this week's parsha that our forefathers and we didn't follow through with, uh, Be'ezus Hashem, Hashem should be, answer all of our tefillahs and bring shalom al Yisrael.